And away we go. Welcome into The Dish, a fantasy baseball strategy podcast. I'm your host, Dan Strafford. Stepping up to The Dish today is none other than Chris Baseball Pods himself over on the Twitter sphere at Baseball Pods, of course. Chris, thanks for taking some time. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I've started, well, first I want to say you have started BaseballPods.com, but it's baseball hyphen pods.com correct that's the correct yes, url uh, somebody somebody many years ago decided to try to get all the sports pods and locked up all the do- domains it's like a bitcoin and, uh, domain or something yeah, you know, must or, be. yeah. So i'm i'm, I'm at baseball-pods.com you can get right. um, original content there and um mostly um you'll see uh dy- my dynasty rankings are probably the things i spend the most time on and then during the season and preseason i'll do some uh just a little fun content where I see holes in, yep. in the, in the, in the, in the, I see, Hey, wait a minute. No one's really talking about this. So I'll do like a five, it's called a, my five guys series. So the one I just did was five guys, uh, who we are value drafting incorrectly because of the way we use roster resource. All right. I dig it. And I think that's, that's the niche now, right? It's finding the, the missing pieces because there are a ton of XYZ podcasts and, and rankings and tiers and all those things out there in the world. I've started each of these pods the same way. I'd like to know what's your favorite fantasy baseball format, both draft style and scoring. So I love nothing beats an auction. Um, auctions are by, for me by far the, the it's, it's like, uh, it's like taking a draft and playing poker at the same time. There's so much fun um, involved in an auction. My, my, I've been doing playing fantasy baseball for, um, I don't know now it's gotta be 30 years. And, um, uh, since I was a, a pretty much just, you know, preteen, you were in the womb. I mean, you're yeah, like, well, you're a young no. guy. Come well, on. I mean, I started in high, I started in like, uh, in high, my ninth grade of high school and, uh, we did drafts back then. But then once we, once we took an auction, took to an auction format, it's like, oh my God, it's like a draft on steroids. And I just actually did my first NFBC auction on, um, Sunday and it was amazing. It's a great great uh way to shake up your team i have a totally different i've done like i did like eight draft champion drafts and my teams while there's certainly differences there's a lot of similarities my auction is totally different like it's a totally different team and that's what's so wild about it you never know what you're going to get in an auction i i love it and i think uh, i was talking to matt modica and uh jenny butler so two nfbc pros or whatever word you want to use high stakes players whatever it might be uh jenny described her home league does what I guess is similar to some of the DCs where it's 10 rounds of 10 auction players. And then it is snake draft from there, which I dig the variety, but auction just allows you to value your players the way you value them. Right. Like yeah, point yeah, blank. My, my oldest home league is auction for the full 23. And then you reserve that's DC, you a, right. Or some of the DCs draft. are that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way the DCs are as well. Although the DCs are 27 uh, person uh, reserve. So we don't go quite that deep in my home leagues, but right, and you have to draft all of the position or auction, all the positions before you can move on to the draft. You can't, go beyond your scope so that plays into it too the money you're spending where you're spending it but i dig it uh what about scoring is it roto five by five for you yeah roto five by five for me i've tried to play head to head i just haven't been able to get into it um i played in some some pretty fun leagues but i play in one should say i play in one um uh roto uh head-to-head league but um, I prefer five by five. Um, I don't mind mixing it up with the categories. Um, I play in leagues with on base percentage. I play with leagues in quality starts. Um, I play in leagues. We, we, we did like my friends and I created, uh, we we're very nerdy. So many years ago before auto new existed, we basically created a league that is very similar to auto new in okay. terms of it's super saber metric and how it um, measures categories. It's not points though. It's, it's a, uh, it's roto. 
and it involves like really funky contract extensions that are very similar. So I, I love mixing it up and playing different styles. I will say like this year, as I've tried to get better at the 15 team mm-hmm. um, format, I am like, I'm still play like crazy amounts of home leagues, dynasty leagues in my redrafts that are not, that are more like quote unquote industry leagues or monies that are, leagues where I'm trying to pay into because I'm going to do one main event this year for the first time in partnership nice. with Drew Morris from uh, Common Sense. We're going to get going together. Um, I'm trying to stick to the 15 team uh, format because I think in the past I've underrated the difference between the player pool in 12 and 15, and it's a totally different game. And I don't have time to do Fab in 12 and 15, so I'm just sticking with my 15s this year in all the leagues. I will say uh, over time, I've played head-to-head points for a long, long time. Uh, and I like it. We do auction the head-to-head points. I am getting better at five by five because I've said, okay, I need to be right. I just need. I can't just say, oh, I don't like them. I need to. If I want to play in this space and and be a peripheral analyst by helping people talk through their feelings about fantasy baseball players as a host. <laughs> um, I, I'm a, a fantasy psychologist. Is what it comes down to. But um, that sounds terrible when you put those two words together. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think getting better at certain games. Give me this kind of a podcast. Yeah, well, hey, it's after dark. We are recording at night, so you know who knows what happens. Um, it is interesting to to try to learn a new, you know, a new format or learn yeah. a new way of doing things, and it does it makes you think differently, which I think is great yeah. uh, over the course of time. Uh, some background for folks who don't know Chris or, or Baseball Pods. One, you should follow him over on Twitter. Um, you run a Twitter account, Baseball Pods, that. Yeah from what I know of its inception has been tweeting out links and brief synopses of podcasts. Um, It is brilliant in two different ways. One, it is obviously giving the, the people creating the content some boost and some help, but it's also saying to the listener, Hey, here's what this one's about. Maybe you don't have to tune in, or maybe this one's you have to tune into. And we'll sort of talk about this across a couple of different questions, but what made you say, hey, I listen to a lot of podcasts. This is something that will help the industry in some way and start tweeting out these links and, and this content. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a kind of a weird history in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an OG in the fantasy baseball industry, but I took a long break. So I, back in the in the late 90s, I was in grad school and had a lot of time and wrote yep. and uh and um, uh, wrote for Laura Michaels at Creative Sports when that first launched and, and edited it and wrote for like the Rotowire National Magazine and Dr. Roto and all these other places. And back right was the internet was kind of happening uh, for people that don't know that. That was a real thing. There was a time before the internet. <laughs> and, um, you know, and but life got in the way. I, you know, the, it's not a high paying industry nope. for most people. Uh, kudos to the Rotowire guys for their, their, their recent um, acquisition and others who have been able to make it. It just, I, I didn't have that skill or passion, I think, uh, quite for it. So, um, but I always, I continue to play throughout the years. Like I said, I'm, we, I played in multiple leagues every year and invented new formats, all this type of stuff. And then, um, you know, my job shifted in like 2019 and I was able, I had a little more time on my hands. Yep. I went from a pretty, you know, overwhelmingly intense job to one that was, um, Gave me a little more time to breathe and think. And so I started listening to more off-season content. And I was like, wait a minute. 
I'd always listened to podcasts over the years and I'd love them, but I had no idea there were so many and they were so good. Like, I mean, I'd basically listened to the fantasy focus on ESPN back yep. when Matt Barry was there and, um, uh, you know, uh, sleeper in the bus for sure. And baseball HQ and a cup, the road a wire a little bit. And I listened to, I had my fantasy like XM, you know, radio. So the serious XM. So, but like I didn't realize the level of the number of podcasts that were out there and the quality of the content. And so many of them are independent or smaller websites. Yep. And so I was like, you know what? Like um, on a whim, I was like, you know, I don't think most people, and I, I talked to my friends like, they don't, I was like, hey, have you heard of these? Have you heard of Bubba and the Bat Flip? Do you know these guys? And they were like, no, who are those yep. guys? And so I was just like, well, you know what? I'll start a Twitter account. I'll just start uh, tweeting out what I listen to. You know, and uh, and it was a labor of love, basically, and uh, it kind of blew up. I think um, it blew up for two reasons. One, I mean, I do think people like having their stuff promoted, like you said, but I also think it blew up because people didn't, a lot of people didn't know about um, yep. some of these, and they were like, "Wow, this is cool. Let me follow this person. Let me listen to this podcast." And then, um, and then the, um, and I, you know, the next thing that kind of happened that took it into overdrive was, you know, we were going into a, the pandemic, the spring of the pandemic. And I was like, and I had already actually been planning on this, uh, doing this like a, a March Madness thing just yep. for fun. Like I didn't have very many followers, so I didn't think anyone would take it seriously. But we had tens of thousands of people vote. Most of them, I'm pretty sure, are not bots. <laughs> um, in, the in the first one, anyway, I think we had a lot of the nation of Canada um, um, vote. And then uh, in this, and then last year we had you know tens of thousands again, and I'm sh and we know there were some shenanigans because Twitter polls are apparently hackable. Yes, um, unfortunately, yeah. And it is what it is. I mean, the point of the of the tournament is not I to. I can't really... imagine that. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine your life? No. That you decide to bot purchase, twi uh, like a bot to a hack free a Twitter poll Twitter about poll. fantasy baseball podcasts. <laughs> That's something. Hey. Someone out there is that <laughs> live that life exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like I, 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 you know, I, I channel my grandmother, and you know, we pray for their souls. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, but 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 that that thing. Um, it, it, the point is not to say who's the best. The point is to have fun and promote. We'll talk about that life. later. So. And if you like, like that's how a lot of people discovered, you know, the Enrico Palazzo podcast. Yep. Michael Gobia does. It's very popular now, and and a lot of others. And a lot of the smaller podcasts will say, "Hey, man." Thanks for including me. Um, uh, it gives me a big boost every year when it happens. And that's what it's really about. And then last year, what I also realized that you learn as you do this. So I did this a couple of years. Now, there were some pods that were like, hey, you know, we're just not that into this. And I'm like, cool. So this year, it's like, and you have to, I reached out to everyone to make sure who you want to be included or not. And so I think we've got 65 or 66 pods. that are Playing game. All, you know, almost everyone's in there. They want that you would that you would recognize if you if your favorite podcast is not in there. They probably said, you know what, I want to take a break this year or whatever. But we're just trying to be as inclusive as possible while also honoring people's uh, desires and feelings about how they want to in, engage online. So uh, it's going to be it should happen. We, we we will either launch that I think next week or the week after will be the the tournament this year. That's awesome, and uh, I look forward to it every year because it does open my eyes to talent that I didn't know was out there conversations. I didn't know were out there. I've admitted regularly on this podcast. I don't listen to podcasts. I listen to parts of podcasts. Like I'll tune in and I'll listen to sections, but I have very rarely listened all the way through to an entire podcast. And I'm talking about fantasy baseball, politics, 
movies, yeah. anything. Um, I have uh, the attention span of a, a gnat. So uh, well, a lot of people, you're not the only one. And what a lot of people will do is they'll see some, they'll see my review of a podcast. I'll be like, hey, when were they talking about Chris? One hundred percent. Yeah, and I'll be like, I'll be like I'm, I'm not, I don't remember the number, but I'll be like, it's like in the, it's in the first part, or it's in like the, it's in the last five minutes, or something like that, and then they'll be like, cool, I'm gonna go listen to that. Part, that part. That's yep. I'm really Well, that's why. Good. Good. Okay. That podcast still gets a listen or a download right. or a follow or, yep. and maybe then they listen a little bit more and they stick around. Well, yeah, they come back for the next segment on X Y Z, whatever it might be. And I'll say this: as if anyone's listening to this podcast or follows Chris at Baseball Pods and does podcasting. I've done it in the professional sense as well. And so the tip I will always give you, and I haven't been doing this because I, I didn't create a website for this podcast. It just, I didn't have the time. I didn't have the desire to really put in the effort there, but putting a transcript of your podcast on your pod website will leaps and bounds help you with search engine optimization. And think about those who are hard of hearing, those who don't have access necessarily to pocket, they can download a transcript and read it if they so choose. So just a, a word to the wise of of using that act as well as a way, because then you can do the old control F. Hey, let me find when that, that moment when they're looking, talking about, you know, Mikey Shremsky or whoever it might be. So I can listen at that specific time. You, The thing I will say, and this is uh, not why I brought you on, but I'm going to compliment you now. So, so get ready is your podcast, your, your Twitter account is positive. It's it's a positive affirmation of the of the podcasting industry for fantasy baseball. It does a great job of simply saying, "Here's the content. Here's what they talk about. Go check it out." And and I don't know that there's enough of that. We saw today on Twitter for people who follow it. Some what I I try to stay clean here, but uh, some some eggplant measuring today. The best way to describe it. Um, absurd stuff and and you said before we started recording people we just need baseball people you know they're over each other we need to, to move and i agree but you are a positive force a positive part of hey check these guys out give these guys a chance or check out these two over here or this and i think that's awesome so i give it tons of credit to you for that and sticking with it this is very easy to be do for two months and be like ah you know uh it's not really doing anything or i you know life happens and i need to go do other stuff what sort of feedback have you gotten over the few years you've been doing this? You already mentioned that some maybe opt out of the tournament or or stay away from that sort of thing. But what sort of feedback have you gotten from listeners and from people creating the content? I mean, it's, it's generally overwhelmingly positive, and I do try to stay positive. I mean, this is fantasy baseball. It's supposed to be fun. I play because it it's a game. I make money, yes, over the course of time uh, as I get better at it. But, you know, it's 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 a game. And I'm, I play it primarily for fun and yep. the competition and the thrill of it and the strategy. And it keep, you know, people talk about, oh, you should do crosswords so that your brain stays sharp. You know what? You should play fantasy baseball so your brain stays sharp. I mean, uh, puts, you know, and do crosswords. They're, they're, it's a yes and. They're both great. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, but, um, my, um, so yeah, I get a lot of, uh, positive feedback. I try to, people are like, oh, you should rate pods. Do this. I was like, no. I did put out an article, like, I think, uh, Two, like maybe a year and a half ago now called the five tools of fantasy baseball podcast 
it was something it was somewhat tongue in cheek but i i was getting a lot of questions about hey what makes a good podcast yep and it's and it's called and i have this thing called maps m-a-p-p-s you can go take a look at it the five tools of fantasy baseball podcast but it's just like the fun it, it was mostly tongue in cheek but also to give people some um you know some ideas of what i what why i listen to one podcast over and over again versus another but generally i'm just trying to put the shine on all the podcasts that are out there a lot of times a new podcast will come out and they're like hey chris could you like yeah give me a review and i do and then it like helps them kind of take off and get their niche and like that's what i do and uh and, you know and, and some of them are fantastic and i stick with them and some of them they're just not for me and so i'm not like uh I, you won't see me doing that i mean if, if like if there, I won't like people. And I know you'll ask me. Everyone asks me, "What's my favorite podcast?" And I won't answer because uh, you know it violates the integrity of the tournament. But um, your code but, of uh, conduct, yeah, code. Of, yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, I have to be. But like, if you want to know what my favorite podcasts are, follow the the feed because there are certain podcasts that you'll see that I rarely miss on, and others that I do once in a while. And look, some some of that's just uh, being human and having a schedule and not being able to do this full time, but. A lot of it's like okay, you can tell I like a podcast if I rarely miss one of their uh, right. one of one of their one of their. All right. And you know you're in my heavy rotation or you're not. And then some some sometimes I'll go in certain directions, and like it's funny like uh, I had a couple of podcasts reach out and they're like hey you know everything good between us because you haven't like reviewed our pod in a while and I was actually just like yeah no sorry like I love it still just um I like work was killing me or this or something yeah. this week or I was on vacation or something like that and it's like me with my know, high so school girlfriend hey everything okay yeah yeah <laughs> but, but but it's like but it's like I just I'm I I'm a, I appreciate the words because I do just try to add positivity and and that's what uh, and I think you know the world use, needs a lot of that and you know I look I'll still like mix it up on on Twitter or in person or whatever with anyone if if I feel like um I feel like they're being disrespectful or bigoted yep. or um, or racist or whatever. Like, I mean, I just, I don't, uh, I don't have time for that. But if you're just trying to put out like good fantasy baseball content, uh, you know, I'm, all I'm here to do is to try to help you promote it to a, a larger audience. And, uh, and, you know, and I think that because uh, I, I'm kind of like a, it's a weird position. I think when I, when I started doing it, I think Smada, Matt Adams, who prospects live is a great, you know, uh, great follow on Twitter and great, great person to just work with in, in the quote unquote industry. Like he was like, hey, everyone should follow this guy because he's doing something that's no one else is really doing. And I yep. didn't realize that there was that much of a kind of a, um, a vacuum in the space, but I was happy that I fit in and the way that I fit in is by promoting others work. And that's, that's the thing about the tournament. And like I said, I'm all about positivity. Like, uh, when people were like, a couple of people were like, hey, I'm not sure. Yep. It stresses me out to be in the tournament. I was like, don't do it. Like, this right. is all about being, uh, and you know, and, and you know, I get it. Like, no judgment. Like, this is all added value. That's what we're trying to do. No, I dig it. And I think that makes a ton of sense on approach. And honestly, <laughs> you're just one man also. <laughs> so like, there's only so much time in the day, only so many, uh, you know, earphones you can be uh, plugging in at any one time. Uh, are you a one uh, five or two X guy, or are you listen at regular speed? Mostly one five, okay. um, rarely one speed. Uh, when I sometimes, and um, there are some people I can't listen to on one five. <laughs> John Legeza. I was gonna say that's the, that's the list I need. He's really hard to get to. He's people. If you like, I will tell you, he's the hardest person to like. He people want to know who talks the fastest, who's 
who's is like John is the king. Like especially because he's also non he's a genius, first of all. And so he's like unloading this series of yep. numbers and statistical analysis from his brain. And like I have to slow John down almost, whereas everyone else I like to go to <laughs> That's that's a interesting uh, X Y uh, access, right? <laughs> you have your your one X through the middle, and then you have the plot points of who's where. That could be very interesting uh, future analysis of the podcasting world. Uh, you do the bracket. We've talked about that already. I have the question here, but you've sort of already touched on it. Yep. You've you've touched on the hows and the whys. If someone were to bribe you to get a good seed, what would be the cost for them to pay you off? Is it like? food is it like a nice bottle of, uh, of scotch or something what are we talking here i don't know maybe, maybe it may be like a, a justin mason t-shirt <laughs> but uh no no we um we, it's, it's all good fun we yeah, um you know that we I've, I've sent a couple of trophies and plaques out to the people who quote unquote win the tournament uh and uh and last year and you're doing um, that out of your pocket like oh totally like, yeah that's all totally i mean fun. again yeah. kudos to you i think Just that's all awesome. yep. it's, like, it's fun a lot of people do so it's like it's my little contribution and, you know, a lot of people have given me, like, you know, small things over time. Like, you know, Rob DiPietro, he knows I'm a big Yankees fan. So, uh, you know, he, he, when I did a couple um, promotions of his, of his uh, he gave me, like, a couple of – they're not worth, like, Yankees cards. They're just nice. They're not, like, expensive or anything. But it's, like, nice stuff. And I've gotten stuff like that and sent it to other people. And as well in the community, um, like, I, I got a um, – I won't even say who I sent it to, but I – there's a, a guy who's a big Diamondbacks fan, and I happen to get like this one-one autograph Luis Gonzalez, and I don't want to keep it, yep. but like I sent it to him just because I think he does good work, and he also tries to promote other people. And I think that I think our our, our, our little community has does have a long way to go towards being completely inclusive. I will also say, in the last two years, I think a lot of good work has been happening in that direction, and I think we're going to continue to happen in that direction. Like it was really one of the cool little things that happened was. Um, uh, uh, Steve Gardner, um, who's amazing from USA Today. Yep. You know, he, um, you know, I was, we, we were talking, I can't remember how he and I were talking about pronunciations and people on podcasts trying to get pronunciations of people's names right and how that, you know, and he was like, hey, Chris, you know, I've got the MLB official pronunciation guide. Like, it's, I got it, I'll send it to you. I was like, you sure you're allowed to? And he was like, yeah. So he checked, he's like, let me check. So he checked and he sent it to me. And then he's like, yeah, get it out to as many people as you can. So I put that out on, um, on Twitter and like, I don't know, 40 or 50 people asked for copies of that so that they could try to pronounce people, players' names right out of respect. So it's just like, that's a nice example of our community, I think, moving in the right direction. Still yep. have a long way to go towards representation and all that, but I do find that most people in this in the community um, are, uh, are welcoming and trying to be positive because the truth of the matter is this is a labor of love for, for most of us. Um, and uh, it's a, it certainly pays some bills for some people, and that's great, but it's mostly a labor of love. So um, hopefully it can be a, a labor of inclusive love moving forward more and more. I think that's awesome. I uh, have podcasted for more years than I should probably admit. 14 years now. Uh, four, 2008 was when – 2008? Is it really 2008? 2008, I think, is when Joe Pizzapia and I first started podcasting. Called it The Big Two Show because we talked about football and baseball many, many, many years ago. Um I suck at pronouncing names. I like I am bad at it. Um, especially when like uh, Dave Lockerin, who's a DFS guy and I hosted uh, fantasy insiders forever together and Eastern European names in the NBA. I'm, I'm done. Like I, and I knew it. And the thing was I tried 
And yes, yeah, sometimes you laugh about it and you make a mispronunciation and you, you, you chuckle at yourself or it's, but it's always about trying. It's making the effort to care that's about right. someone else's name and care about their heritage and care about who they are. I think it's a great point of just that's inclusion. And it's not, we don't have to go down the path. Anyway, I think it's great that you did that. And I think it's great that people took you up on it. Um, yeah. And I think we as a community, and there are lots of people doing this now, need to promote everyone who's doing content. And I'm trying, and I need to do better on this podcast. Like, I don't want the same 10 guys who are always on everything coming on this one. I want to talk to people who are from underrepresented communities who, who are doing fantasy baseball content. So hoping to do that. So gr- good on you uh in doing that we'll take a look at take and take a look at the at the i mean the baseball at the tournament you'll see some new shows in there i think that include new voices and um and you know some of them and they it's always been this way i always include like three or four baseball podcasts that are not purely fantasy in the tournament i always have and this year is no different um but yeah there'll be you'll see like a few different um pods in there that i think um will scratch that itch for you and i think as long as we're all trying to do that, we're moving in the right direction. Right. So, and you also have a hand in Earth, the uh, uh, Nerf Earth, <laughs> recently, Turf recently and, named Earth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Turf coming on board. There's the uh, what's the original one? There's now? all sorts of stuff. There's all these things with Earth. What was so the first what one? Was um, uh, Justin Mason and Lar Michaels, the aforementioned, both of them um, mentioned them both, and I think two, the two of them. You know, Lars an old school dude, like he's been around forever, but Justin being more kind of in the newer wave. But both of them, I think, through a lot of their work were dedicated inclusivity as well yep. uh, and uh, and um, and charity. And so, um, uh, you know, Justin had started with Lar um, Barf back, you know, Barf, he, thank he, you. That's a, the Bay Area Roto Fantasy League. And, you know, but Justin will tell you it was when he was nobody and Laura was like a big name and he was on the radio and he's in the Hall of Fame and all this. And Laura was like, sure, I'll do whatever. And he got a bunch of people to get together in the Bay Area and they drafted a league. And it's got some some great, great players out there like, you know, Eno Saris is in that league and uh, uh, Bubba and Toby are in that league. And uh, so it's a it's a really uh, a good league. And so I I was kind of like I, I emailed him was like, hey, man, uh, I'll would you mind if I like, uh, I love this idea of like bringing people together for live drafts in a community. I want to do it in new England and call it nerf. Would you like help me? And so he, he put out like the, you know, the, this is really before my Twitter account had blown up. And so he, but he, he put it, sent it out to everybody who was in TGFBI. And, you know, we were, so we followed, so we started our first one two years ago now. Um, and we brought in, you know, great people like, uh, Todd Zola uh, from Masters Ball and Eric Cross from Fantrax, who just won uh, Fantasy Writer of the Year did, at yeah. the FSWA, and and all these other great people from from New England um, to do that. And then um, Dave McDonald was like, "Hey, uh, I want to start a, a a Midwestern one uh, the following year." So last year he started Great Lakes, Clarf, and uh and matt williams started uh turf which is the turnpike league which is philadelphia jersey and i think those and then and um and uh jt the ginger uh started mm-hmm. up a west coast league the great western league and so all so now more and more once again building up community now i think we're going to have seven or eight regional leagues and we're going to have like overall standings and every and all the proceeds are going to go to charity and it's just going to be a good way to raise um funds uh, towards charity and uh, my um, 
our trophy in Nerf, as you well know, is a is an old Nerf '80s vintage yep. softball on a like on a wooden stand, and it's called the it's, it's the Lore Michaels Memorial uh, Trophy because he's the one that kind of got me into fantasy and inspired me to help other people enter into the space, and he also uh, you know helped launch Barf, so this was kind of his legacy. So it's just all a way of uh, ha- having more fun. It should be a way of just having more fun. Uh, in a competitive nature and getting to maybe even meet people in person. Um, so, yeah, we've had uh, Todd Zola won our first league, and then Jeff Potts, who now is with Baseball America, won our second league year. And uh, actually, I have to f- I had to find a new replacement owner today because one of our uh, uh, the members of our league were so amazing, and Nerf got hired by a major league baseball Saw team. That. So I had to like I had to bring like new blood in. So. You know, it's a, it's we're proving to be like a, a, a breeding ground for uh, for major league front offices as well. All right, we, we'll talk a little twenty twenty two here. You're playing. This isn't just about promoting other people's uh, content. What's been while you're listening and on Twitter and doing your own research? What's been the biggest topic, the biggest focal point uh, of the podcast you've been listening to to date? Is there one sort of overarching or specific theme you're catching as you're listening? And there's no doubt it's it's early closers Perfect. and. Yeah. I think I think so first of all I think that's a, a function of a few things. One, like I think that I'm pretty sure I'm not misstating the NFPC had more drafts in January filled than at any time in its history. Oh wow! Uh, which is a great sign for the sport and and the industry. And yet we're in the middle of a lockout. Um, you know, um, but because of that, because most of those are draft champions formats, which means you can't pick up anyone during the year. Yep. And also, Fantrax is doing best balls. And um, and and FPCs doing best balls too. So in all these formats, this is your only chance to draft. And even in the cut lines, maybe you can add once or twice. But you're really getting all your entire roster pretty much from this. And so because of that, and because we don't have any news, because the the owners have locked out the players and the fans, we like we have like eight closers that we yep. trust. And so they're getting pushed up and up and up. My prediction: What's going to happen once? Fab leagues open, start drafting. Main event leagues open, start drafting. Closers will end, and hopefully, you know, these guys come to an agreement in the next week or two. And even if it's a delayed start, we have a start to a season. I think uh, we'll have more, just for all those things, I think are going to loosen up the closers market. And you won't be taking Liam Hendricks and Josh Hader at the turn of the 15th and the 16th pick in the first and the second round. I don't think you'll see that. I My prediction is, you know, it'll loosen up a lot for all those reasons. Yeah, and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, talking to Matt Modica earlier today, had a similar take. And that's, I, I forget who I, anyway, I didn't get into it with them. But it's just the general sense of tracking NFBC ADP matters. I agree. But it cannot be seen as the end-all, be-all when it's DCs and best balls waiting oh. so much. And there, there's people who get it and people who track it. But when you see, when you see someone gen, generally trying to break into the industry... They, they might start spouting off certain stats. And the reason I'm saying this is it's all context, right? You need to understand what Chris just said. Matt talked about it on previous episode. Hayter and Hendricks going in the second round in a DC makes a ton of sense because there are no transactions. There's nothing. And so, of course, you're locking in 35 saves or what, what are we talking about? Probably 28 to 35 saves between the two of them on average. Great. When we're talking about a 15-team you know, Roto League that has fab and has transactions and has roster moves, it's going to be a different animal. So I think you're spot on that if that agreement comes through, 
we see change, we see updates, and, and we see them maybe drop down a little bit more. And the guys like the, the Kenley Jensen's of the world, when they sign, move up a tiny bit more because you start to get this uh, leverage spot in certain draft types. Yeah, what, what I think, I think the hitters are pretty much going to stay the same outside of like injuries and free agent, like the impacts of free agent signings, injuries right. and lineups. Freddie Freeman getting traded or, or something, you know, going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, That happens every year. But I think what you're going to see with pitchers is starters move up, especially at the top, and closers move down towards the middle uh, because that always happens. The starters always move up, and something's got to move, and I think it'll be the closers. One of my favorite things, if spring training happens, to watch is Jacob DeGrom. If DeGrom goes out there and lights up the radar gun over two weeks, you're going to see some people on Twitter be like, oh, maybe – Maybe he's fine. Maybe I need to consider him in the second. I got him in the fourth round a couple of times. I've gotten him in the third, and I'm taking a risk there, and I absolutely understand that, but that's the risk I'm willing to take on a DeGrom. On, uh, I was in a – I don't know how I got invited to it, but I was in a beat uh, Bubba League over on Fantrax. I was like, sure, this looks like fun. It was 20 bucks or whatever. It was a group of guys I hadn't really drafted with before. I got Harper, Trout, DeGrom as my first three picks. And listen, yeah. there's a lot of risk there. I completely get that, but you tell me a year ago, I'm able to draft those three to start a league. Well, I'd be happy and, with and it. Harper and Harper and best ball is a beast. I right. Mean, well, Trout is too, but he's got the injury risk, but he's, I mean, Harper, Harper's a top three to five player yep. potentially in that format. Cause they can't walks, but yeah, I, I think, I think you're a hundred percent right. And um, I think it's good. It's not just going to be DeGrom. Like, when Noah Syndergaard shows up without a shirt on and, start, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and like, and, and, you know, maybe Ronald Acuna like looks perfectly healthy when he's running around. It's it, the whole world is going to change. So, uh, and you know, and it's probably stupid that we, the way we will all overreact, but oh, 100%. in a way I'm totally can't wait for it. I'm giddy. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's what we need because you, you, it's the the bias of it all, right? It's the oh, here's my confirmation bias, or the negative, con- you know, oh crap, he just threw, uh, and it's the uh, who is oh, I was talking to uh, Zach Waxman from the Draft Champions podcast, yeah. and just in general, the context of velocity changes, you know, does 99 to 97 matter, or does 93 to 91 matter? And right. we don't think of it always that way. We see people say, oh, he lost 1.2 miles per hour on his fastball. Red flag. Well, no, he went from 100 to 98.8. We shouldn't worry that much. So it's just an interesting psychological funny, evaluation. Like the, the only news like we've really gotten is like, you know, the Sixto Sanchez video, yes. which was... <laughs> I think had the exact opposite reaction of what Sixto wanted. Yep. Uh, because yep. he 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 looked like he had been kidnapped and like, uh, you know, and like put in a donut factory for uh, for about a month and then asked to throw a baseball for the right. first time after never lifting his arm. Amazing, absolutely amazing for sure. And I think we're all we're hoping for it now. I'd love to be biased on spring training at this point. So we know the season's coming. Has there been a different focus for you uh, on the fantasy baseball 2022 season? Something you've changed, something you're, you're looking at differently or, or certain ways of getting prepared that might've changed this year. Well, like I said, I think um, focusing more on the 15 and less on the 12. I think I really, for, so, and so I did all, I, I really hit draft champions hard this year with 15 teams because I wanted to dig the player pool really deep and because I wanted to start to think in terms of what a good 15 team looks like in my in my eyes. People like Vlad Sedler and others that can play well in both leagues are like, you know, that's their savants. 
I'm I need to get good at like really good at that level in one league. So I'll, so I'm focusing on that 15. But um, you know, I'm I'm taking the same approach as I normally do. I I have not come up with my own projections. I do have my own rankings, and then I look at other projections and I look at um all the you know I look at Masters Ball and Rotowire and and all the ones on um on uh on Fangraphs and then uh you know it's and then you know I also what I I'm also a fan of although I haven't figured out how to fully incorporate it yet uh of uh what Ron Chandler's doing in his BAB system the BABS system which is a lot about risk I think so I think one of the the next like area of research that we haven't you know uh, that we'll be investigating in fantasy in a very fun way over the next probably five years at least is like trying to figure out how to quantify risk and put bake that into prices yep. and drafts and you know like you've got people like casey Chaw and dave mcdonald and jake hallisker who like do the cross-off method and they're like okay these are the players i just won't have then you've got like what ron's doing where he's like trying to not only assign the different types of risk but monetize that risk then you look at kind of like what Ariel Cohen does with his projections and how he looks at the variance within projections to determine which projections have, you know, a narrower band in there, therefore are much safer. There's all these different ways we're looking at risk right now in fantasy. And I find it, it's to me, it's one of the most fascinating conversations that uh, not an, whenever I hear a podcast about anything that's dealing with that, like you have my full attention. I'll throw out uh, Jeff Zimmerman's been trying to tweak oh. his, uh, Totally. injury projection uh, process that he helped. Uh, he yeah. gave to Eno Saris to do an athletic article last year, and now he's running it back and trying to tweak some of it. It's very interesting to see it as historical or, or projectable or, or the context of it. But again, it's it's something that can help you make decisions. So, yeah, specifically, like I think some of the research Jeff does and then also Derek Rhodes, who's now Baseball Prospectus, is doing. Like Those guys are... Um, like they're they're literally tracking um, injuries and recovery times and identifying trends and it's like that information it's hard to get it's a pain in the ass I'm sure to 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 like to track down but it's so interesting and so valuable and you can get I think it's an edge that you can get because uh, not all injuries are created equal and um, and I and you know it, it's I, I just find all of that stuff uh, super fascinating and fun to try to like uh, wrap your head around it's like. And that's like one of the parts, uh, and you know, it's funny, like you think of like, I think it's Colton and the Wolfman that do, they have their smart baseball system. And, that sounds and right. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's, they have, but it's like, and you know, Ron has his own. It's like, is it a new team? Did they, like some people say, I don't want to sign a guy with a big contract. Sometimes and people are like, oh, it's a, they're an age risk or they're an injury risk. And there's yep. all different types of risk assessment to do so uh yeah REL's probably got the head start on us because he's an actual he's an actuary so that's like his full-time job but um I think it's I think there's a lot if you if, if people are saying to me I always tell people like people say hey what should I what what part of uh um what content is undercovered on podcasts because you know what can I do that's new in the space and I was like well first of all there's never enough talk on strategy which is why I'm super excited about your you know your the focus of your pod and the content and that's actually one of the S's and maps is strategy. Yep. Like talk about strategy, like talk about actually how to play it out. Like I said to Twitter, like on Twitter again, anyone who wins something, I want to learn from that person. Right. Like the how, strategy, right? how did it happen? Yep. And then, and then it's, but I think, I think risk assessment is one of the most interesting parts of strategy that we don't talk. We talk a lot about game theory and things like that, but I think risk assessments, the way, but like that's, that content is like 
I could probably listen to you know ten hours of that a day. It's uh, intriguing to me. I talked to pretty much everyone so far because everyone I've talked to plays some sort of NFBC, right? Like they're, they're, everyone has some sort of piece. Other than Steve Gardner, I don't know that Steve plays NFBC at all. I, d- I would actually say he doesn't. But speaking for him here, so I will ask him to clarify. But I'm pretty sure everyone else I've spoken to. Maybe not Joe Pizzapia. I don't know if Joe plays any NFBC. But what I'm getting at is NFBC very much, it doesn't push you, but it really gives you an opportunity to have a portfolio, right? You're not playing one team. It's not Tout Wars and not comparing the two and not going down that road. But it's (laughs) not where you have a single, you know, source of truth of what your draft was. You're able to diversify. And talking to... uh, Zach Waxman, he made a great point of diminishing returns when you diversify too much, right? When you try to cover too many bases and maybe you hit on your core, but you you tried to spread it too thin in the the later rounds. I think when you bring in risk and you bring in diversification, that's another level on top of that where you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to have 25 teams and I'm going to have them spread across these different game types. So what risk profile am I taking on on some of these rosters to say, yes, I'm going to be a, it's, it, I mean, it's investing. And I, I hate the one-to-ones people try to do of, of investing and, and fantasy baseball, but it is the idea of what's your risk profile. When are you retiring? What, you know, when you talk about investing in a 401k, it's the same here. It's trying to say, what risk do you want to take on? Are you playing in a league of leagues, right? Is, is this a, are you playing just 15 other people or are you playing 15 other people? And then 2000 others trying to win, $30,000. What's your risk there? What's the risk profile that's shown to be competitive over the past 10 years? I think you're spot on. And that's way above my uh, pay grade and my degree from college. I was a history major. Um, and I work in video and audio. Uh, but smart people out there are starting to do that work. And I think that's your, your point. Um, and if you have... Here's the thing I'll remind everyone. You don't have to be a numbers person to play fantasy baseball. You don't have to even be comfortable with numbers there are people doing the work who are comfortable with the numbers trust them find your people find the people you like like chris is doing on twitter he's giving you these lanes of people find the Derek cardies the ariels the the todd zolas uh whoever it might be who are creating projections and then work from there don't try to create your own if you don't have to don't try to recreate the wheel uh, as it is that's my my preaching for today but uh, do you have any any quote unquote your guys this year any any ones that you're looking at and, and saying, yes, I would like to check a box and make sure they're on as many rosters as possible? Well, I'm no Zach Waxman because I play in less than 100 leagues <laughs> a year. But, um, and, but, but Zach's super smart about this stuff and also understands, um, I think, I think he's right, some, right a lot about, um, I will have more diversification at the top and less at the bottom. Yep. So at the top, like, I don't want, if I'm playing in 10 leagues, even though I think he's the number one player on the board, I don't want 10 Trey Turners because when Trey Turner is out for three months, there goes my season. So that's the way I look at it. If you want to draft differently, you know, so, so be it. So the guys that are tend to be more like my guys who are, um, you know, uh, are people that are further, um, like down the roster, uh, I will say I have a lot, but I will say this. At the closer level, because of the way I've been drafting, I have a lot of Rice, Sully, Iglesias, and Edwin Diaz. I think the difference between everyone's take the people that are taking Hayter and Hendricks in those in the second and third round, I I just think the hitters and sometimes I'll want a starting pitcher there like Cole are um, 
are just too good to pass up and, and not as replaceable. So I, I'll shop at that next tier down um, on those. So I've got a lot of Diaz and, and Iglesias. For some reason, I think Diaz is the – he falls to me a lot um, behind people like Iglesias and Ryan Presley and even others sometimes, so I'm glad to take him. I have a lot of Nelson Cruz, as I always have, and I've had for the last you know 10 years. Nelson Cruz has made me a lot of money, probably more than anyone else. Um, and I have a lot of Nelson Cruz because I think he's going to sign somewhere because if he was going to retire, he would have. The NLDH opens up his landing spot, so I've been drafting him all offseason and will continue to draft him. And this year, for whatever reason, you can get him in the 12th round because Tampa's a terrible place to hit and he didn't like hitting there. He's going to sign somewhere else. Right. He's going to sign in a place where it's going to, he's going to succeed because he's going to get to choose. And I've got just a lot of Nelson Cruz. And then I'm probably going to put out an article about um, some of the young players and pitchers because when you play in 50-player leagues with 15 teams, you have to really go deep and beyond the major league rosters. Um, one guy who's probably the guy I've planted my flag on more than anyone this season is Mitch White. Um, and some people might not know who Mitch White is. He's a starting pitcher slash long reliever for the Dodgers, and uh, he has very good minor league numbers, and they're nothing like overworldly, otherworldly, but he's always produced. He has always been kind of like a, a mid-range prospect, never like one of the – on a team like the Dodgers, like if you're a mid-range prospect, you would be a much more highly rated prospect on most other right. systems. And he came up and he performed well. And I look at where the Dodgers are, and they clearly don't want to spend that much money. They they need starting pitching, yes. They need a closer too. And um, I still think that and you know you've got you know a lot of people in that rotation that you're counting on that uh, I think will you'll, you'll need a guy like Mitch White to come in. And I think he can perform at a, a major league level, uh, at least as an average to above average starter. Um, and he basically, he'd be free in, in any fab league right now. And you're getting him, you know, I don't know, in the fourth, fifth hundred, you know, and I'm, I, so I play in a lot of dynasty leagues. It's my, uh, you know, I'd say that's my favorite format. That auction is my favorite draft format. Dynasty leagues are my favorite, like, uh, playing format, uh, or however you want to call that. And I've traded for Mitch White in a couple of leagues. I actually traded for him in a league where I play against, I had a, took over a team that was a bottom feeder. And uh, traded him for nothing. And uh, I'm playing against a t Eno and uh, James Anderson are one of the many formidable opponents in that league. And I know uh, I was and James was James was like uh, uh, when you did that, we we were like, why the hell is this guy trading for Mitch White? And um, and they started to look at the surface, and and I was really happy that because I don't know what Eno's. I don't have any of Eno's like stuff plus stuff, right? Right. right. And you know, and apparently it was it, Mitch White checked out. So I was like, confirmation bias. I traded him for him everywhere. I'm drafting wherever I can. And Eno and James like him. He's my new favorite player. So uh, <laughs> that's a uh, you know now when he now when you know when he uh, you know blows out his his arm in the second week of the season, uh, you know, and he's gone for for a year and a half. I can cry in my beer at that point. But right now. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's probably the guy that I'm most strongly associated with uh, late. But I'm going to put out a, my one of the articles I'm going to put out, uh, another one of my five guys is going to be uh, five guys I'm grabbing late or that I've traded for in the offseason. I'm not sure what I'll title it yet, but I've been I've taken over a couple of dynasty um, redrafts and I'm rebuilding a couple. And so I've had to really dig deep in some of these leagues to find talent where 
Uh, and that, by the way, the league where I drafted, where I figured out who Mitch White was last year was a 30-team league. Wow. So that's where you discover guys like Mitch White in a 30-team league. Uh, uh, so uh, that's those are the advantages of playing in the super deep league. You'll you'll like you have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for someone that's got a pulse. And once in a while, that person will actually have talent. <laughs> that's fantastic. I, I had I had heard of Mitch White simply by pitching in the majors, but I had not considered Mitch White from a fantasy perspective. But I can dig it, and I think especially in these deep leagues, you're looking for for players with pulses, right? Players yeah. that will give you upside that are gonna throw throw innings or get at bats. And Modica talked about that previously of, yes, you can draft prospects and that's fine. And there's some that are going to come up and, and maybe the new CBA will allow them to come up sooner. And we can talk through all those things, but I, I've always been averse to, to rookies. It's burned me a couple times where maybe I didn't get the guy who, who the Juan Soto's of the world or the Acuna's and that's fine. But I, I love the Brandon belts of the world. I, I love oh, these guys who, belt. Maybe, maybe giraffe is all, will always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> Mitch, that Mitch White fits that bill. Like he's yeah, a he guy did, out there in did. the world who, who, who's gonna throw some innings, has some upside if injuries, you know, piece together. Whatever's happening with Trevor Bauer out there in L.A. and all these different things. So I like it a lot, and and that's the names. Hopefully, people are hearing and writing down, right, and saying, okay, yeah, let they, me do a deeper dive on that guy. Yeah, do a deeper. That's the thing. Do a deeper dive. I mean, like I love another guy. Like the other thing to look at is, um, I mean. I like 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 the Texas rotation is full of mm -hmm. intriguing arms for me, um, like from John Gray to Glenn Otto to Spencer Howard to Dane Dunning. I find John um, Gray fascinating, just in yeah, general, and, and, in the baseball not, sense, not even fantasy baseball, but uh, totally, totally from like a, a, you know, exactly like can can his, phys, can his like mental is is he yep. going to be able to mentally recover from course and physically recover from course. And and uh, I got to go down to, to Arlington Ballpark actually last year. I actually really enjoyed it, even though it's nowhere near the city. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, it's like uh, on it's a landing terrible, strip. Terrible right? location. <laughs> yeah. But but the ballpark was fine. But it is a it is a big ballpark and it plays that way. It plays like a. Oh, cover. it's nothing like previous. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think so. I think it's it's a good ballpark for pitchers. You also have uh you know not the worst division for like the the. The, the A's are rebuilding. The Mariners are going to be, I think, a good team, but not like anything you're scared of. Um, you know, it, you know, the, the Angels should be, they'll, they'll be good, and the Astros will be a, a team to avoid probably. But like, that's not the AL East to me. And uh, and I think like, and so I th and you've got like all these guys that have like, uh, you know, I had never, I totally forgot about Dane Dunning when he, I can't remember if he came up in yep. 2019 or 20, but Derek Van Riper was talking about him and he was like, oh, I remember this guy was, and I was like, oh yeah, Dane Dunning, whatever the guy. And he, he put in some good innings for me last year. Uh, didn't, you know, his overall numbers don't look great, but if you picked your spots with them, I, I got, I had some good use out of him. And so put him in Texas, I could see him being, uh, you know, valuable. And Spencer Howard, I really was in on when he was a, a you know, a Phillies prospect. It didn't work out there, but I just think, and then Glenn Otto showed a lot in the Yankee system. So, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of guys. And then uh, um, there's another one James was talking about earlier, a Cole Wynn, another like in, interesting arm on the, right on the outside of that rotation. So Texas is a spot that I would take a look at. And the other place where I'm a little bit surprised, I see a lot of potential values in the rotation is, is in the Bronx. Um, I mean, Garrett Cole's going in the first round period, but like, and I, I was all out on Tyon last year. I was all out on, on these guys last year, but 
now they're cheaper. Like yep. now their price is much more reasonable. And I don't mind taking a shot on where on, on having tie on where he's going. I don't Jordan mind, Montgomery. Yeah, I don't mind taking a shot on Severino. I mean, people forget Severino at one point was arguably the number one arm in dynasty for for baseball. Uh, you know, and and you got some young arms like Luis Hill coming up who are pretty exciting. Clark Schmidt. Um, you know, uh, so I think I think there's that's a it's a it's a strength a strength. I mean, even uh, Domingo Herman could be uh, could have value. It's like it's a strange place to shop for value, but I feel like it's there for some reason this year. So those are some of the other um, kind of uh, areas that I'm targeting. And then if you wanted to say like which pitcher do you think like the guy that I I want as many places as possible uh, because I think he's just spec could be spectacular. It's Tanner Hauk, or as they mm-hmm. as we say in New England, Tanner Hawk. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, Tanner. Him and Bobby Dalbeck. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, he's. I think he uh, he just looks fun, man. I mean, he looks like uh, he looks like he could be something special. And another one, other like uh, I'd say name that. Um, you know, I'm I'm also like I'm big on Whit Merrifield and big on Cedric Mullins at the end of the second, beginning of the third round. I love them both this year. I, I think they're being underdrafted. But uh, another name that people who could be the next, you know, Cedric Mullins this year. That my nomination for that is and he's not going to be, but maybe he'll be fifteen, fifteen or fifteen twenty. Is Kyle Isbell? Okay, uh, in Kansas City. Yep. Power, speed, looked like looks the part. Uh, should get a shot. Uh, they hate Edward Olivares. We know. Yeah, that. they do. <laughs> they can option so those, him like those 15 are, more times. a smattering now. of different types of names from different points in the draft where I've got a lot of those guys. They can option Olivares like 15 more times, right? That'll be a, a fun show to watch this year. Uh, well, and here, here's the deal. Uh, I think we still have to wait on the DH news, right? We, we believe yeah. that's coming. Uh, but the NLDH, I think, will we'll shake some things up as well to solidify and see where people land. See if... You know, a Conforto goes back to the Mets if they have the DH, right? Do, does he shake out in a certain way? And But uh, great names and a great uh, diversity there of names. Appreciate it. Hope people appreciate it listening. Uh, I have to ask you the most important question, though. Draft day food. What 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 is it? I know you're drafting a lot, so it's not like you're eating a pound of lasagna each time you're drafting. You, you wouldn't be with us anymore. But uh, what, 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 do you, what is your go-to? Is it a snack? Do you like something when you're drafting with your buddies or, or with your home league that you have every time out? So the best thing I'll tell you, so we have a tradition. We draft in Jersey every year um, uh, for like the last outside of COVID for uh, over 20 years now. And uh, we, uh, we're we out in the Maplewood, South Orange area. I know it well. Um, and uh, w- there's a train station there. Everyone from the city that comes in takes off. Some people are from Jersey, but mostly we come in from around the world actually at this point. And we call it baseball Christmas, our favorite day. Yeah. So uh, we go to Hot Bagels Abroad, which is a wonderful New York style bagel spot. Yep. And that's like where you get your bagels and your coffee for the morning, and you start. We this is an auction, so this is like a seven hour affair. Yep. So that's what you get in the morning, and then um, you know we do order pizza and wings at some point. But one of the guys in our leagues, Martin Johnson, great guy. He writes uh, about baseball and jazz and many other things. He also, he's one of those just like New Yorkers who's one of the most interesting people you know. Yeah. So at various points in his life, he's made a cheesemonger and a, and he's a, and sells like very high end beer from around yep. the world. Amazing. So the thing we always look forward to, which is really weird at a fantasy baseball draft is 
what kind of cheese and beer pairing <laughs> yeah, sure. is like Martin going to bring us to like, and he usually has like, a you sample. know, this yep. is from the goats on like the hills of Monrovia, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, it's small batch and, you know, and we're like, this just tastes good on cracker. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we, 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 the rest of us lack his sophistication or his palate, but uh, we, the cheese tastes good. So the that's cheese. like our tradition. So I think you need to get T-shirts made up for the next draft that just says the, the cheese tastes good. Um, and I think I, I've joked about it, but I do feel like there's a coffee table book here of, of fantasy baseball draft recipes and, and want. So we might have to get him involved in this and get his pairings down to get it, get it done. But Chris at baseball pods, appreciate your time. Find him at baseball pods over on Twitter. Find uh, baseball dash pods.com for more content. And when he says the tournament's coming, just check it out. Check out all the different podcasts that are out there. Support them, even if you're not going to listen to them. And I mean that in like retweet, like, share, get that information out there, help people share their content and share the passion they have for fantasy baseball. Chris, any last uh, comments before we say so long? No, I just really appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, excited to have another podcast to listen to now. Yeah, you can listen back to yourself at 2.5x, two right? Because you'll remember what you said. <laughs> but nonetheless, find them at Baseball Pods. To everyone who is listening, happy drafting. <laughs>